0: Welcome to episode number 43 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast, we're creating a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. Today's episode, we're doing a review of OSHA combustible dust citations in 2018. So those of you that have downloaded the 2018 combustible dust incident report will know that in there, we included a master list of all the OSHA citations around combustible dust that we could find through the general duty clause. This was actually done in partnership with Dalhousie University as part of an undergraduate research project that an engineering student undertook. The student was Seamus mcdonald Braun and he was supervised by Dr. Paul Amiot and then I was helped supervising on that project as well. And I want to cover a analysis and reporting of that OSHA combustible dust citations that was recently completed by that student. So he completed the report that was part of his course requirements which looked at the materials involved in the different OSHA citations, the equipment, um, pulling out some of the trends and information from the descriptions of the OSHA citations and incidents, and kind of collecting all that up for 2018. So I wanted to review that in this episode. In this specific episode, we'll talk about how was the data collected, we'll give a general overview of the penalties, materials, and equipment, and then we'll go through some of the trends that were seen from the OSHA descriptions. This report, we're in the process of converting it to an article for the website. So by the time this comes out, We will include a link to the report itself that will be at dustsafetyscience.com. We don't actually have the link yet, but if you go to the show notes for this episode at dustsafetyscience.com slash 43, then we'll have a link to the uh, report will be posted there from the undergraduate student at that time. And we're just going to look through some of the main findings of the report in this podcast episode. So the first question is, why, why do we care about occupational health and safety administration's combustible dust citation data? Why do we care about the OSHA citation data? And the, the reason is that the citations typically have a lot more information than news reports. They may have equipment types, model numbers, very specific observations of employee behavior and behavior of how things were set up in the facility that just aren't available in news reporting. They also have specialists, uh, OSHA inspectors, people that have knowledge about combustible dust, people that have knowledge about the different industries that they're, they're working in. They can really provide a lot more insight than the news reporting that we generally get. So if we have an OSHA citation report on an actual incident that happens, this helps a lot. We can dig into the material that's reported publicly. But even the ones that aren't incidents, the penalties that are given out to companies for behaving or working in an unsafe manner are really important to highlight. And we can learn a lot from that. As you'll see in this episode, when we get to the, the trends that we pull out, there's some interesting things in there. Um, some things that I, I didn't even think were going to come down the pipe, but that are are what are going to be hurting workers moving forward if we, if we don't address them in a more safe way. So that's some of the reasons why we want to look at OSHA citation data. A big struggle here is that there there is portals available online, but the, the information is hard to get through. It's hard to sift through. The formatting is not very good if you want to read the, the citations. So in the report that, that Seamus did as part of his undergraduate project, he pulled out every citation in 2018 that we could find, and we'll talk about how we, we found them in a, in a moment and actually pulled out the descriptions and reformatted them to a more readable format. So if you go get that report at the show notes at 80 slash 43, you can actually read through the OSHA descriptions in the back, and there's a lot of really great information for safe handling of combustible dust for some of the struggles that they're seeing as OSHA inspectors. So I'd, I'd encourage you to go look at that report um, that we'll have posted there. So how is the data collected for this? To do this, we went to data and statistics on the OSHA website. We actually searched under the general duty clause section, so there's a, there's a section where you can do a general duty clause search, and we searched for the term combustible dust. Actually, I think we searched just for the term dust. So this will return any OSHA citation that was cited under the general duty clause, which is the employer did not furnish a place of employment or employment opportunity, which was free from recognized hazards that are causing or likely to cause death or serious physical harm, like a combustible dust flash fire or deflagration or explosion. And then searching for dust gave us all the ones that are listed usually under the, the NFP, the National Emphasis Program for Combustible Dust, we were able to collect those up. So in all, there were 48 citations that we found through this method in 2018 alone. And the student took these and formatted them again, took descriptions out and put them in a way that they were easily to read through. Um, we did analysis on what materials were involved, what equipment were involved, and pulled out a lot of these trends. So it's important to note this data does not include citations that are not listed under the General Duty Clause. Right now, I'm not sure of any great way to pull that out of the, the OSHA database. If anybody has information on that or some expertise, um, reach out and we'll, we'll try to find a, a better way to get that other information. And this doesn't include states. I don't think it includes states that don't follow federal OSHA. So if you have a state-defined OSHA, I don't think your citations would be listed in this system. So then we'll jump into a general overview. Of what did we find? So in 2018, there were 48 citations that were listed under general duty clause and had the the key term dust in them. Initial penalties ranged from just under $6,000 on the low end to above $680,000 on the high end, with an average penalty per citation of $49,000, so just under $50,000. The total penalties from all citations were $2.4 million in 2018. And after arbitration, discussion, and reducing the penalties, they're generally reduced by half. So we found about at the time of reporting, which a lot of them are still open, so they may not be the final numbers around $1.1 million after arbitration. This gives you an idea of the kind of financial scope that we're talking about for these, these citations and penalties. In terms of what materials were involved, 25% of the citations were in wood and pulp industries. 21% were in metals. This includes stainless steel, aluminum, chrome, chromium, titanium, nickel, and cobalt handling operations. 17% were in food and agriculture, and 17% were in plastic. So in food and agriculture, we saw grain, obviously, that's uh, very frequently cited, dried fruit powder, dairy, and cocoa. And in plastics, we found codons, resins, polyester, polystyrene, polypropylene, pretty much anything that has a, a polymer element to it. Um, a lot of these plastics can be ground up and, and cause combustible dust issues. The other materials that, that didn't make a big enough percentage to kind of be broken out on their own included paint. There was a, a couple that mentioned, you know, painting booths textiles, wastes, and chemicals. That gives you an idea of the different materials involved in these OSIS citations. In terms of equipment that were involved, there were 74 pieces of equipment mentioned in the 48 citations. Out of the 74 pieces of equipment, 42% were dust collectors, 15% were ductwork or conveying systems that were conveying combustible dust. We'll talk about some of the issues that we that were found in the trends at the, the, towards the end of this episode. 15% were in general workspace, so housekeeping, cleanup, build up of combustible dust. Eleven percent were in cyclones. And then the remaining seventeen percent of equipment were in other pieces of equipment that were only mentioned a handful of times. So that gives you an idea of some of the materials that are generally involved, and this really falls with our incident reporting. Lots of wood and pulp, lots of food and agriculture. Metals actually seem to have a higher representation than the incident reporting. So maybe I was just keeping a higher eye on these materials as they they have. You know, potential for larger severity explosions. The materials are at least more reactive. And that gives you an idea of the the different equipment that was potentially involved. And there's some interesting aspects here. Duct work was mentioned quite a bit, and we'll get into the that in the trends. Dust collectors, but specific kinds of dust collectors seem to come up more often. Actually, not even more often, but came up in a way that that I hadn't expected. Um, and then some of the general workplace issues we'll we'll talk about moving forward as well. So I just want to talk about Five trends that were pulled out of the data um, by the, the undergraduate student and then from reading the report and looking at it from, from our end as well. Trend number one was the range of improperly protected equipment. So these are dust collectors, cyclones, mills, hoppers, silos, and sifters, and lots of other equipment. And in a lot of cases, there was either limited protection or no protection available at all. So you'd have a dust collector indoors with no venting that is you know, sitting beside workers, um, and just loaded full with combustible dust, you know, loaded with very hazardous amounts of combustible dust. So that's a uh, certainly an issue. But beyond having no protection, improper protection like uh, venting indoors was was cited sight, a number of times. No isolation between equipment, maybe having your dust collector outdoors, but no isolation from the flame propagating back indoors if there is an explosion in the in the dust collector. Barring or obstructing or improperly maintaining venting was brought up a number of times. Um, this could be you know, having objects in front of the vents to, through to replacing the vents with improper materials, materials that aren't certified. And then absence of ignition control was another kind of technological issue that was brought up a number of times. So this just gives you an idea of the range of improperly protected equipment. This should not really be of any surprise because these are the same topics we're talking about, you know, a week in and week out on the podcast and that we're, we're looking at in FPA guidelines and other guidelines around the world. Trend number two, and this was actually a little bit of an unexpected one, was the dangerous use of enclosureless dust collectors. So these are dust collectors generally that the dirty air feeds up through the bottom or in through one end, and then you have this kind of big sock that has no frame or structure around it, which captures the dust. So an enclosureless dust collector. There's actually seven citations, which is a, a pretty big number, excepting there's only 48 citations in the year that involved enclosure-less dust collectors. And the real danger is that generally they mentioned either the the dust collector is sitting right beside workers, so they're working right beside the thing, or they're located near ignition sources, um, or that the intake system is potential capability of sucking in ignition sources. This is pretty dangerous. I don't know if you've seen a, a test demo, and we'll pull some out from maybe the, the Fight Kansas City Test Center down there. We'll get the, the one they did for Ishmi this year and just show how how devastating an explosion can be in one of these pieces of equipment. Now, if you imagine a flash fire resulting in an enclosureless or a bag style dust collector, it could be quite, or would be quite spectacular probably to see, but you wouldn't want to be sitting beside the thing when it happens. It could cause very severe burns um, and cause a lot of issues. Not just the flame and the fireball, but the burning dust that could be ejected when one of these things explodes or when the deflagration or flash fire happens it could be very dangerous. So you don't want workers sitting beside it. And I'm not sure if this enclosureless dust collector is an area that's. Not talked about as much. I hadn't even heard of them before. I've heard of them a bit, but I hadn't heard of any hazards contained in combustible dust. Until we went through this report and found seven of the eight citations. So 14%, seven of the forty-eight citations involved them, which is uh, which is a uh, you know fourteen percent of all the OSHA citations 2018. So it's an area to, to keep an eye on moving forward about the safe use of these type of uh, systems. Trend number three was insufficient duct velocity. Allowing dust to accumulate in ducting or conveyance systems. So, this was mentioned several times, um, a couple times in metal working industries, uh, for example, handling titanium or, or other uh, grinding materials. In one case, at an equipment manufacturing facility, the ductwork actually collapsed due to the amount of dust that was accumulated in it. So, that's a lot of dust. When that thing collapses, it's going to release into the air. Um, you may have sparking from the, the ducting falling down, or even hot operations that are going on beneath. That's a very dangerous circumstance. What is probably more dangerous are the ducts that don't collapse, that just have that dust, you know, tons of it sitting up above the workers' heads. So if you have a primary event, then that's going to be the fuel that's going to cause something that could be total destruction of the facility. Trend number four was housekeeping challenges in small facilities. So in three different citations, small kind of cabinet wood shops were mentioned, and things like dust allowed to accumulate throughout the shop not having any sort of dust collection system, the use of, again, enclosureless dust collectors was mentioned, um, allowing tramp metal to enter exhaust systems, damaged power cords and areas that accumulate combustible dust. These are all really, you know, very hazardous situations. And if you've ever been in a wood shop, I'm thinking back to high school, you can see that some of these allowed combustible dust to accumulate. They may have improper safeguards on their dust collection systems and proper protection. And this is an area to also keep an eye on because this could have a, a very dangerous situation with people that are in the w- workshop. These are generally smaller penalties, fifteen to $25,000 was the, the range. But it's something to keep an eye on because these small facilities, I've mentioned this before, are an open challenge to our community and our industry to, to keep them safe because um, there's so many of them and that the knowledge might just not be there. So we talked about four different trends so far. The range of improperly protective equipment Dangerous use of enclosureless dust collectors, insufficient duct velocity allowing dust to build up, housekeeping difficulties in small facilities. Then, the last trend I want to close out on, and one that actually led to a, a number of injuries in the last year, is keeping workspaces free from combustible dust. So, I'll mention a couple specific ones that we pulled out of the OSHA citations. Um, in one case, a welder suffered second and third degree burns when an electrode from his his welding torch fell into a chamber that had accumulated titanium dust in the bottom so you shouldn't be welding near combustible dust because when that you know if you get that dust disturbed and you ignite it then you're going to have a flash fire on one end or maybe an explosion at the other end that uh, could really severely hurt those people that are are doing that hot work. Another case there was skid steers and excavators used in areas that uh, were normally expected to contain airborne wood dust so these are ignition sources and in this case, both the piece of equipment were not rated for use in hazardous areas. So this was the citation that was brought up. Another case, uh, an employee was injured when combustible dust in a flocking room. So these are machines that apply flock to cloth. They're, they're kind of long fibers, so they don't look like dust. You wouldn't maybe think and go, hey, that's a combustible dust. But they are. Um, they can be quite exposable, especially the ones that with narrow um, radius in the flock. We've actually done testing here at Dalhousie University. We've had master students do combustible dust testing on the explosibility of this flock material it does explode and it it's been cited that's it's injured workers in the case to, uh, of last year in these osha citations we actually have larger scale cases that i talked about before on the podcast out of italy and elsewhere in the world and then the last thing i want to mention on this trend of keeping workspaces free from combustible dust is unsafe gravity bulk unloading so there was at least one case maybe a, a couple cases Where in the one I'm thinking of, there's titanium dust that was being unloaded uh, using kind of a gravity PVC feed with no type of ignition control. So if you have dust building up during these unloaded processes, then you can have a dangerous condition. Especially if you're doing bulk bag unloading and you have the cloud that may envelop workers um, without that sort of protection, you can have a, a pretty quickly a flash flash fire that can happen. So that's it for this episode. It's a little bit of a quicker one. We went through the Review a review of OSHA's combustible dust citations in 2018. Again, this was part of an undergraduate research project um, completed by Seamus McDonald braun and under the guidance of Dr. Paul Emiot at Dalhousie University. If you want the report, which has the, the descriptions all broken out from the OSHA citations, there's a table there that includes the list of citations and a list of links to to where you can find the OSHA inspection numbers and that sort of stuff. If you want to access that, we'll have it at dustsafetyscience.com 43 for this episode. In the episode itself, we talked about why do we wanna look at OSHA citation data in the first place, how is it collected, gave a general overview of the citations, amount of penalties, what materials were involved, what equipment was involved, then through some of the trends. And I'll just quickly go through these again because I think they're important to highlight. These are almost, if you wanna look at it, leading indicators. These are conditions that are out there today that are gonna lead to a, a hazardous, well, they are a hazardous situation, and they're gonna lead to injuries and potentially fatalities in the future. So, trend number one, range of improperly protective equipment. This is something we're talking about you know, every, every week of the podcast. Trend number two, dangerous use of enclosureless dust collectors. This one was a bit of a surprise to us as we went through the data. Trend number three, insufficient ducting velocity to allow dust buildup. We talked about this on several episodes on the podcast before as well. But it's just important to mention, this is something that ocean inspectors are seeing every year when they're going and inspecting facilities. Trend number four, housekeeping difficulties in small facilities. And trend number five, keeping workspaces free from combustible dust in areas where you can't keep it free using the correct equipment that's not going to ignite that combustible dust. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you found it interesting, and we're always looking to do more partnerships with university groups. If you have a research project you think might be interesting or something that uh, that we can help with the organization of, feel free to reach out to me at chris at Or if you have a question or a, even a research project to suggest, go to the dustsafetyscience.com slash ask. go to that link, you can type the question in there or um, just speak it and we'll uh, bring somebody on to talk about it or try to set up a research project to cover that topic. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to Dust Safety Science Podcast. Hope you have a, a really safe week ahead. Uh, that's not a very good thing to say. Hope you have a safe week ahead, not a really safe week. It's kind of binary. So have a safe, this is real live recording, by the way. Sometimes I get off on a tangent. So have a have a safe week ahead. And I appreciate the work that you're doing in industries handling combustible dust every day around the world.